With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And the National Predators just got another win in overtime against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I think all they wanted to do tonight was make us squirm and make us worry. And that's exactly what they did. This is the Catfish on Ice podcast, episode 41. We're all breathing a sigh of relief right now. Let's take a deep breath and calm down, everybody. That's how I'm feeling right now. How's the how's the guys doing? How's uh, Colin and Rich doing tonight? This is Chad Benton, your host, Colin Bloom and Rich Howe. Uh, I'm good. I feel like I wore the Welcome to Sashville shirt today, and I feel like that gave us some, some good luck with uh, Philip Forsberg and his uh, crazy two-point game. That, that goal was just... Amazing the way he was able to fall down and still get it in. Yeah. But hey, we'll take it. And um, yeah, I, I would have loved to have done that in regulation, but at least with this team, it doesn't matter if they get an overtime at the end point. I wish that Florida would have done, done their job in regulation, but you know, hey, we're we're four points ahead. We could possibly clinch on Wednesday. Um, just got to ride the wave. That's all we can do. Got to ride the wave. I mean, that was uh, I was legit worried in that third period when yeah. they tied it at three. I was like, there was still five minutes left in the game, around five minutes left in regulation. And I was legit worried that we were about to lose this in regulation. And then I was seeing the scoreboard watching. I was seeing the stars that tied it four to four. And I'm like, this literally could not go more wrong right now. Like, this yeah. was, it was bad. It was bad news for sure. The Preds were not playing well. It almost looked like they were sleepwalking through this game. It was yeah. not, a, it was not a good look at all. Rich, how do you give us your initial? Initial thoughts before we really get into uh, episode forty-one. I think we might actually. We have lost Rich. Rich is frozen. We have some technical difficulties. It looks like. Yeah, Rich is frozen in time right now. So it's just it's just me and Colin. Uh, Rich will join back in if he can. All right. So uh, I'm sure Rich feels the same way as me and Colin though. That was not a very pretty effort. No. I think the I think the Preds played well in the second period, but that third period was awful. And, it's not what uh, we're used to either. Like that third period's usually, you know, what it felt like. It felt like the Chicago loss all over again. That's like that was a yeah. feeling I had in my gut. It was like, oh come mm-hmm. on, here it goes. And you know that mental toughness it speaks to that. But I think you're right with when you said that. You know, it was kind of like they were coasting. Like it's almost like they expected just to go in there, get two points, and walk out. And you still got to play the game. Like they still got some talented guys. You know, mm-hmm. on, on that roster, they really do. They've been struggling. So yeah, uh, it was. Also, you know, it would have been nicer when a little bit easier, but we'll take it. So let's talk about what we got in store for episode 41. This is Chad Minton with Colin Bluen. Uh, hopefully Rich Howe can join back in. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties. But uh, we're going to talk about this game and talk about the implications it has on the uh, playoff race uh, because this playoff race just keeps getting tighter and tighter. And then we also are going to talk about this big deal going on with Pecorino. Because everyone wants to see him get one more start, we don't know if it's his last game. It's his last season. It's very up in the air. He could come back for another season. We just don't know. And we all love Pecorine. We want to see him get one more start, maybe at Bridgestone Arena. But the way things are setting up, you still have to go with the right goaltender, and you still have to make the right decision to win games. 
because the playoffs are on the line. So we got this segment lined up for you talking about Pecorine and what we think we should do when it comes to UC Soros and Pecorine, who gets the start over these last three games. We also didn't get a chance to touch on it in the last episode because it was such a packed episode, but we still have to talk about the deal that the NHL has made with Turner Sports and talk about the implications on that. Colin has a lot of knowledge on that, so he's going to talk about it a lot. We're going to get into really what this means for the future of the league. And then at the end of the episode, whenever you download the podcast on all major podcast platforms, I've talked about this guy a lot on the podcast. My roommate and best friend is a diehard Dallas Stars fan. It's perfect timing because the Dallas Stars and the Preds are fighting tooth and nail to get this playoff spot. And we brought him onto the podcast right after the Preds got that win over the Stars <laughs> on Saturday night. And um, we brought him on to talk about what, how he sees the Preds rivalry and talk about how, how much he literally hates the Predators. Like this guy literally cannot stand our team. So I brought him on. I brought him in. I brought him into enemy territory, and so that was a fun discussion. So make sure you go download the podcast tomorrow to check out that interview. But again, we are uh, presented by DraftKings, and uh, DraftKings is the top-rated sports book in America, and they've got an awesome deal going on for all new users right now. We've got a big boxing match coming up this weekend, and you can get fifty-five to one odds on in the main event if you pick the fighter. To win 55 to one odds, you win $55 on a $1 bet. All you got to do is pick the right fighter to win. So go download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook up now and use promo code THPN when you sign up for a limited time. All new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for, for new users by offering them the chance to win $55 when you when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 years or older in in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Go have fun with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can also bet on hockey, baseball, basketball. The playoffs are coming up. Daily Fantasy. Use our promo code THPN. Get in on the action. Make it rain, as they say on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All right, so let's get this episode rolling. Episode forty-one. I'm pumped. I'm Lots very, for- <laughs> but I'm also feeling very fortunate right now because I got to tell you, I was not feeling good about that game. I honestly wasn't even feeling good about the game going in. I felt like it was a trap game in every sense of the word. Yeah, and I just Columbus is one of those really weird teams to figure out, like. They should not be a last place team. They should not. Like they've got a lot of problems going on up in Columbus. They are it's not like the Detroit Red Wings where you can understand why they're why they're where they are in the standings. The Columbus Blue Jackets completely crapped the bed this season. So I was worried about this game going in cuz they you know, it's hockey players, it's hockey teams. They still play hard. They love to play spoilers. Well, yeah, especially with guys like Patrick Laine and Seth Jones. Like it, it's a talented team that you would expect to do better. Um, and they just, I mean, they've, they've, they've had flashes. I think they, it's just been a failure to put it together. I'm not sure if that falls on Tortorella or someone else, but, um, you know, I know there's been some people that have some thoughts on Columbus. I know that there's kind of some, uh, I don't want to say drama, but I've seen reports out of just various grumblings of people that are former players uh, and you know, even former staff that have not had some good feelings towards the management there and towards coaching. And so maybe that's finally kind of manifesting in what we see this season, but, 
Um, no, I mean, as far as a roster, you look at the roster, there's pieces that we would love to have on our team if we could have them, um, especially with those two guys I mentioned before. Obviously, we had Seth Jones um, and gave him up for, you know, Ryan Johansson. But then, you know, guys like Patrick Laine and Khalil like Bernstrom, he had a great night. I mean, a hat trick is nothing to sniff at. Yep. Um, he pretty much was trying to will that team in. And, um, you know, with their firepower, there was really a, a, definitely a threat of, you know, they could have come back and win that um, in overtime if they'd have more possession. We kind of dominated and we kind of figured it out then but you're right in the fact that it was definitely a trap game i think coming off of uh you know the dallas the dallas overtime win was just crazy and i know uh my twitter is in our comments here and he said that we wish we wishes we could have gone live after saturday night's game um mike i was there i, I would not have been able to go live because i would have no voice i we were we walked out of that arena with absolutely just i mean i was shouting my lungs out it was amazing um but i think that after all that high of that win we kind of walked into this like okay well we'll just you know do business as usual and they made it tough on us. We should have dominated that game. We didn't. Um, we, we won where it counted. But, you know, hopefully on Wednesday that Hines gets the guys right and gets them refocused so that they can do what they need to do yeah. to get the, get the win. Yeah. The way, By the way, Rich is back with us now. Rich Howe is no longer frozen in time. <laughs> I wish I – I really wish I could have screenshotted the way you froze. Yeah. Oh, I'm it sure. Was like, it was a really awesome, like, pose. Oh, I'm sure free- it was. <laughs> I went. I, I tossed it to you for a question about the thoughts on your game, and you weren't like, moving. You weren't moving. Uh, so uh, I think awesome. the proper. I think the proper takeaway from Rich on this game is he's speechless. Speechless. That was the that was Very the cutting edge. That was the cutting edge analysis that Rich Howe had on the game, yep. which honestly wouldn't be far off because I was pretty speechless as well. But now yep. that we got Rich back, now that we got Rich back. Kind of give us uh, your your biggest takeaway from this game, man. I mean, yeah, we got the win. It's nice, two points or two points, but it did not come pretty, and they made us sweat it out for it. The wheels just totally fell off. That's what I started to say before my stupid computer froze. And, um, you know, Columbus is a good team, but they're in the bottom of the division, and the Predators dominated. Well, I wouldn't say 100% dominated them, but – you know, you hold a three three nothing lead, and then when you if you lose that lead to a person who with Bernstrom who hasn't scored that much this season, can't happen because you know if you get into the playoffs and you're playing Carolina, it's just that, yeah you, no that you can't allow that 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 formula that the Preds trotted out there tonight mm-hmm. against Columbus they will get swept by yeah, Carolina absolutely. they will not only yep. get swept by Carolina but they will probably get swept by Tampa Bay and they will probably get swept by Florida. So you take the two points and you run with them. It's it's good. Yep. Uh, we've seen this team make adjustments in the past, so no one's saying we should be panicking necessarily. But at the same time, there is a lot of adjustments to be made after tonight's game. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think it's, we got refocused too. We've got way too much momentum going the right way. We've, we've now seen this iteration of this team – you know, played better than what we saw tonight. I think Brad Richardson's still kind of working some things out, and I know that supposedly he fits better into the style of the team. Richardson, Richardson had a near goal tonight, though he did. He, he did. was in the net. He he got close, and and they, they said he's been playing. You know, more it's more to his style of what we've been playing as of late. Um, but you know, you want to see some other guys healthy too. I, I'd love to see Fabro back in the lineup. Um, I mean, it's, there's just a lot of things that we need to see. Hopefully. Uh, come up pretty soon. His penalty did suck. I think there were some fluke things too, especially in the end when that when that penalty for the delayed game was off of the deflection. I mean, there's not much you can do about that. You know, that's kind of no, that was that was just bad luck. Is. That was kind of yeah. bad luck. And then also the uh, 
everyone's kind of uh, going in on Ryan Ellis right now, saying, oh, you scored on your own net. That was another crazy little pinball type of play. He was yeah. he had the right idea. He's trying to protect his goaltender. And sometimes the puck's just going to do what the puck wants to do. And um, I'm sure looking back on it, Ellis is like, man, that like that was that was tough. Like, I get it. Like, you want to pile in on the guy who scored on his own goaltender, but he he had the right idea there. And I I am the last person that's going to question what Ryan Ellis is doing defensively. I know that he is can sometimes. I know sometimes he can be under he can be a little overrated. I know people accuse him of being a little overrated. You might. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you one of them. Somebody, yeah, you might have somebody who would who would definitely question Ryan Ellis. Who, who but well, well, we're going to give this guy Colin a chance to do that. But I, I yeah. still think in that moment, I still think in that moment, it was kind of like, okay, these things happen. The puck was kind of, you know, flopping in, in the air there, and Ellis was trying to do the right thing—a reflex type of moment—and it was a little bit of a gaff. Um, Soros wasn't Soros still made a lot of really spectacular saves tonight. Yeah. Yeah. He was he wasn't going up against an offensive juggernaut like uh, Carolina or Florida, but he was still very sharp, made some really great saves. And so again, we're yeah. having to really again, we're really having to lean on Soros to kind of carry us across the finish line. Well, uh, and even when you look at the goals tonight, like they weren't really like one timer type of situations. It was almost like Burnstrom had just so much time to shoot. I mean, he could line yeah. it up and then freeze, you know, freeze UC. And, and I felt bad for him because it's like the defense just clear the puck, like get it off of his stick. He was so uncontested. And so, and at least two of the three goals. Um, and anyway, as far as Ellis, you know, I, I will be the first one to be critical of Ellis, but he's not the first person that a goal, a goal will deflect off of. And he won't be the last. There'll probably yeah. be one tonight or tomorrow night or someone else. I mean, it just, it happens all the time. Um, he was in, he was trying to get in position and, I mean, it wasn't there. There were a lot of other players that could have broken up that play before he yeah. even touched it. Let's so talk about. Man. Let's talk about. Give, real ahead, quick, Rich. I just want to say you have to give Bernstrom a little bit of credit because that one goal, the, 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 his second one, I think, he shot the puck above UC Saros's head, and he had a space of about oh yeah by a foot to to put it in there, and he he nailed the shot. So it, it was, it was, a, it was yeah. a nice looking goal. I just sometimes sometimes you just have to tip your caps and say, hey, that was a great that was a great goal. Yeah, nothing. Nothing the goaltender could do about that. Um, yeah. Let's 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 talk about this overtime though. So going into overtime, the Preds have just shown in overtime they're uh, just a different animal. Like I mean, I think that's their tenth overtime win of the season. They've only lost two games in overtime, and just think about how fortunate. I don't want to say fortunate because that makes it seem like they're lucky, but just think about how much this team has benefited in the overtime this season. Think about where this team would be if they were even half of the overtime team that they were this season. They'd be five points. Just go ahead and subtract five points out of their record. Mm -hmm. They'd be five more overtime losses instead of five more uh, wins. And suddenly the Stars would be ahead of the Preds right now, and the Preds would be in the Stars position right now. So it's just crazy how the Preds have come up in clutch moments time after time in overtime this season. It's, and, just, and Roman it's a crazy thing. Yeah. Roman was the so breaking down breaking down that goal, though, that was a team effort goal. Mm -hmm, Not to yeah. take anything away from your Roman Yossi, because that was a sniper. That was uh that's what captains do. They score when you need them to score. They come up big in big moments. But how about my guy? He's slow, he's gradually becoming my guy on this show. 
Give me some pom-poms. Give me an Eric Holla jersey <laughs> right now. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and order the two-day delivery on Amazon. I want it on my doorstep by Wednesday. Eric Holla is beco- quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this team. So, some, inside, some inside info for you real quick. I'm not sure if it still exists, but when I was at the game, the jerseys were buy one, get one free. So you might, oh, you just, you might just want to slide into the national locker well, room and just pick you up. We go. I'm just saying. I'm, just saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far as say he's, he's my favorite player on the team. No one's going to pass Pekka. Nobody's going to pass Forsberg, and nobody's going to pass Yossi. But at the same time, no. Hall is one of those low-key players that I was dogging on early on in the season. I'll tell you right now. I he I was so critical of him. I was like, this is one of those wasted offseason moves. The guy's not producing for us. Why did we make this move? I would much rather have Colin Blackwell on this team or Craig Smith. And I would still rather have Craig Smith, truthfully. But <laughs> yeah, sure. at yeah. the same time, Eric Holla, he is making me eat some crow this season. He has really turned it on late. He had two shorthanded goal opportunities. The first one, I thought he mistimed it, and I just – Think maybe he could have. He he wishes he could have that one back. The second shorthanded attempt, I thought it was just a, a kind of a good a good save, mm-hmm. uh, and just yeah. and just. It, but he's breaking loose and he's aggressive and he is making things happen for the third line right now. So uh, I will credit, say he's definitely credit, credit to Hollow there. And, and, I, and I'll own up. You know, I, I will say he has definitely been in much better position as of late when he you know, gets these close opportunities. Um, it, it's been like a matter of just execution and like, can he finish it? But he's been doing well. I mean, he's, he's gotten some points out of it the last couple of games. And so it's good to see him improve. That's what you need off of a guy that, you know, you might not bring back next year, but if we're going to make a run, we're going to need him to be where he needs to be. But I did, I did, will make the joke. I did a uh, tweet out on the catfish account. Um, I wonder if Eric Hall and, uh, Steven Goskowski are friends because <laughs> that was good. They, they keep missing wide left just, just yeah. by, just by a yeah. hair. So, but Hall hey, he's coming together. Hollow's got five points out of his last six games. There we go. We'll, we'll take it. I need to see Tolby get a power play goal, though. That's what I'm really missing. Oh, right. I mean, there were some times where he was close, and he got some opportunities. They just give him mm-hmm. the space he needs, and he has, hasn't been able to kind of locate it yet. But I think that's probably, you know, when you go on an injured reserve as long as he did, he probably needs to get back into form. But, man, I would love to see him round into form just the right time and start getting some power play goals for us again. Yeah. So the – the Preds connected on the power play tonight, yep. um, and mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, it will. It looks so much better. I know it wasn't. It wasn't. It, there were a couple power plays where it didn't look completely fluid, but I, I do think that the power play is showing a little bit more promise mm-hmm. now that you've got Forsberg and Tolvanen back in there. Um, I think Columbus just played a very, uh, a very safe defensive game at first, and so I, they weren't taking a lot of risk. And so uh, the Preds just got to be a little bit better on the power play. But I do think it's, it's still showing some improvement with Forsberg and Tolvanen back in, which is what you would expect. They did connect on the power play tonight. And so that was good to see. And uh, the the power play goal came from uh, Ryan Johansson, actually. Which mm-hmm. Johansson's, Johansson's another player who's really been stepping up his game. We've been really critical of these veterans over the season. Very much so. Like the, the, youth is, the youth has stepped up and did their part. But we've been very critical of players like Johansson, Arvidsson, uh, Duchesne. Duchesne. Duchesne's a big one. I'll say, going back to the, the Dallas game, I and mean, we, we saw it in person, the guy has been setting up some beauties. And he it's, is. It's a matter of we're, guys we're, just finishing We're kind of waiting for something. Because that, that's that's always been the type of player that Duchesne is. Duchesne's never been a big goal scorer. 
I don't know why everyone think he had. He never was. He's but he's he's a dynamic uh, possessor of the puck. He's got great stick handling ability. He's got great passing, great the ice dude, vision. The dude's think, probably our. I was gonna say the dude's probably our best skater on, on the team. I mean, like there were and, there yeah. were two opportunities on on Saturday night where he literally juked the guy out of his skates. I mean, and I think, it's just crazy. And for the and, and for the casual hockey fan, because hockey is a very complex sport. For the casual hockey fan, they don't necessarily see that stuff. It's no, it's no fault to them, but. Duchesne does so much more than what shows up in the box score. And no one, no casual fan has time to go into all these analytics. It, it's, 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 you really got to be a diehard hockey whiz mm-hmm. to dive into some of these analytics. But these analytics scream that Duchesne is a way better player than what some of these people are giving him credit for. Do we want him to start connecting more? And do we want him? Yeah, you still want to see the results. And, and and stuff, but you got to think that eventually his luck's going to turn around, and he still is making a good impact. He's on the third line. It's not like he's, you know, making a huge impact on the game, but he's still doing a lot of things well. I think he gets way more criticism than he probably should should deserve, and a lot of that has to do also with his contract, which you can't blame Duchesne for his contract. You can blame David Poyle all you want for the contract. That's right. Don't blame don't blame Duchesne for signing the check. Yep. You know, exactly. like that's how I feel about it. You know, so I think I, I think Duchesne's probably got the ire of all the fans at the moment. So Johansson's been playing better. So now everybody just focuses. I mean, look on at this. Down the look line. at this. Duchesne only logged 12 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time tonight. So yeah. if you're gonna get mad about the Preds effort, let's let let's not focus on a player who didn't even play 13 minutes of ice time. Yeah. I think collectively the team just got a little too relaxed and and played a little bit weak in their own zone or in the defensive zone, and that's just what happened. So uh, they still get the two points. They're now four points up on Dallas. Dallas ended up losing in overtime to Florida. Again. <laughs> so, so, the, so the Preds gained one more point on Dallas, and we were talking about this right before we went live. Really the way it sets up is if the Preds can go ahead and get another two points against Columbus on Wednesday – You've Dallas has two games coming up on Tampa Bay against Tampa yep. Bay. Tampa Bay is absolutely playing for a division title right now. So mm-hmm. they have everything to play for. And Tampa owns Dallas this season. That Dallas cannot figure out Tampa. And so you got to think that even if Dallas only loses one of those two games, and if the Preds can win tomorrow, you're putting yourself in a really good good position here. But if you lo- if the press turn around and lose to Columbus on Wednesday, then this thing's gonna get a- this thing's gonna get really tight. You don't want to have yeah. to go into you do not want to have to go into your last two games of the season being in a must win scenario against the Carolina Hurricanes. You do not yeah. want that. And that's what matters right now with the with the four point spread between the two teams. If if Nashville wins on Wednesday night against Columbus and mm-hmm. Dallas loses against Tampa Bay. We're in. That's it. That's it. it doesn't even matter about the Carolina series. I mean, you still yeah. want to get you want to get one win in Carolina because you want to get swept on the season by them. But, but we don't. That, that's where yeah. it's at. Is we gotta we gotta we get, we just gotta win one. They, they gotta lose one, and that's it. So, well, hopefully, it'll happen on Wednesday. And, I, and I'm I'm one of those types of saying <clears> I don't want I don't want to see the Preds back into the playoffs at all. Like that's the last thing I want to see. But at the same time. I definitely don't want to have to go into Carolina feeling like we have to win those games because I'm telling you right now, Carolina's our our kryptonite. 
We'll deal with it. If that's our first round playoff opponent, we'll deal with that when we have to deal with it. But at the same time, I definitely don't want to go into the last two games of the regular season having to earn our way into the playoffs by beating Carolina because I don't, like, I don't it. like those odds. I'm kind of looking at it a little different. It's like I don't want them to back in either, and I would definitely prefer them to have clinched already. But with how they were playing two months ago, I'll take pretty much anything to get them. Oh, in the for sure. You know, and, like, you, and you've got that. You've got that contingent of fans who are like, "Okay, good job. We made the playoffs. Who cares? Like, we've completely um, we we didn't take care of our long term future by doing the right moves at the trade deadline." There's a lot of fans out there who feel that way. I'm not in that camp. You play to win. You want to win mm-hmm. at all costs. I was one of those people who said that the Preds should have been more aggressive at the trade deadline, but they decided not to do that. But I. I kind of went back and did the math, and I shared this a couple of days ago. Uh, this was going into the Columbus game tonight, so the math changes a little bit after after tonight. But uh, going in, into the Columbus game, the Preds were on a little over a 91-point pace for a full 82-game mm. season, if they were playing full 82 games. A little over 91 points. That's not great season, but it's not a horrible season either. That's kind of like usually when you're in that point range, you're right on the cusp of the playoffs, which is where they are. Interestingly enough, but what I found very interesting was the season that the Preds went to the Stanley Cup, they finished with 94 points, got into the playoffs right at the end of the season. So the Preds are literally, this current Preds team is performing just slightly below that Stanley Cup team as far as point pace for an 82 game season. So I don't want to hear all this nonsense about oh, well, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs, but we're going to get swept by Carolina anyway, so why does it matter? Well, of course it matters, because anything can happen. Hey, you know, we, I mean, if there's teams that are complaining about or other teams saying something like that, hey, like if it's Dallas and they don't make it in, hey, you didn't make it in. We did, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, we played, We all played 56 games, and at the end of yep. the day, like, the, it's going to be done. When it's all said and done, we're going to either be ahead in the points or we're not going to be there, so – yeah, it's kind of your mic drop right there. But I mean, for me, like, if, if we're talking about like, you know, your ideal opponents in the first round, I kind of, I'm kind of hoping Florida makes a comeback and we see Florida first. I don't, uh, it's probably not you've likely. Been saying, you've been saying that for a while, but th- this past two games had me almost even more nervous about playing Florida because right. that, 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 that one team we can beat. We can beat them though. You're right. And full, and full strength. We, it's not, right. it's not a, it's not a situation like Tampa Bay where we can only beat their, their, their secondary goaltender. It's not a situation like Carolina where we've yet to beat them. Like, I think we're picking we're our poison. Them full I, I think we're kind of picking our poison right now. Well, they have had, more, they have <laughs> had success. They have had success against Florida, but like the last time they played them, though, it was another one of those games where they were playing really well, and then the wheels fell off, and that's and that's yeah. the result of what happens when the wheels fall off against a really good team. I mean, how how crazy would it be though? To because I mean, you look at the narrative of like 2016, 2017, like the Blackhawks were they were President Trophy winners, weren't they that year? I believe, or at least they were. I know they were number one in the Western mm-hmm. Conference or one they were, team in the Western yeah, Conference. Yeah, yeah, they were prohibited favorites. To yeah, crush and us. we had we no chance. Su- we swept them, and we didn't look good against them really in the regular season. Either, and we and we swept them, and so it'd be awesome if we get a if we get you know done with the regular season. Um, you know, Carolina, it is what it is. Maybe we get one win out of that, but people are saying we're going to get crushed by Carolina. And we just, we go in there and we, you know, we do what we could possibly do. That would be fun to see. I would, that would be a, a great way. I mean, if we lose in the second round, we lose in the second round, but I would love to get a first round victory over Carolina just because everybody's doubting us. Like, you know, it doesn't even really matter who our first round mm-hmm. opponent is. Everybody already doubts us, but I would love to make some, uh, some people uh, eat their words. 
how uh, how far into the playoffs do they need to get before Hines starts getting some uh, some some kudos and some credit for turning the team around? I think he's I mean, already get. I already think he's getting a little bit of a credit credit, I agree. but also, but also, I think that some people are a little pushed back to give him too much credit because let's be honest, Soros is a major factor into why we're, we are where we are. And it's not so much. Yeah. The team has done some good, good things. They've scored some big goals. They've, they've done, they've come together and made some things happen. The youth has absolutely been a great thing to see, but a big part of this is Soros playing like a Vesna trophy goaltender and even even Adam Vinyan came out and wrote a piece talking about how Soros deserves heart trophy love. Mm-hmm. So I mean, let, I mean, how much does that have to do with John Hines? I don't know. But I'll, I'll, I'll give him the respectful golf. Listen, I've been very critical of John Hines, and even I'll give him the respectful golf clap if we can at least get in the playoffs. That, that's oh, yeah. considering where we started, and I mean, you, you guys remember we lost we lost some facial hair over it. Considering yes. where we started and how it yeah. turned around. Uh, you know, all credit to credit to the team and to him for being able to navigate this and get us through it. So, Absolutely. If, so, so if they make it, if they wind up making it into the second round, do you think he deserves any of the Jack Adams oh award? Uh, um, I don't know. Let's, about not, that. let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, no? I will <laughs> say that. It, I will say round, man. What, they were they were on wait, the brink of getting rebuilt. But isn't that a isn't that a regular season award though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so, it is. But yeah. but I get I get where you're going with it. If if the Preds make the second round and they upset the Hurricanes or any of those three teams, and then they uh, and then they get knocked out in the second round, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be doing cartwheels on Broadway mm-hmm. right outside of Bridgestone Arena. We're probably gonna, we're probably going to give Hines a contract extension, and that's what I'm not sold sold on yet. <laughs> but <laughs> let, let's not even go there yet. First, let's get in. We'll, we'll <laughs> save this discussion for when the Preds actually lock really. it up because yeah. I feel like we're already jinxing ourselves right now by, by getting this deep into I it. A, I was gonna say, if the Preds lock it up, let's knock yeah. on wood right now. Let's just let's yeah. good, good vibes. We're, we're still vibing. And that's why I don't even want to break down a first round series against one of these teams yet because we could be like wasting air right now. We could be wasting nope. oxygen talking about it. Oh, but all right, let, let, but I do have something to say here. Another reason, this is going to take us into our next segment. This is episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast with Chad Bitten, Colin Bluen, and Rich Howe. Rich Howe is no longer frozen. He is back with <laughs> us, and he is ready to spew a lot of talk about this topic, and that is Pecorine. We've been waiting to see him maybe get a spot start. We know he's the backup. He should be the backup. But we've been waiting for him to get this spot start, and it just hasn't lined up. It's just been a lot of people thought that Rene should have gotten a start against Florida. Didn't happen. Um, I am kind of on both sides of the fence on this right now. And the reason why I am is because I Soros is legit the best goaltender in the league right now as far as how he's played since, oh, yeah. since his injury, since he came back from injury in, in early March. And so – or in mid-March, I should say. And so – you have to ride the go- hot goaltender because basically every game the Preds are playing right now is a playoff game. So you can't start Rene just because, hey, your your legacy, we owe it to you, which you do owe it to him. But at the same time, it's about winning right now. And I know Pecorine understands that. I'm not worried about how – I know he doesn't have hurt feelings, that he is as classy as classy comes. He wants to see the Preds win. 
so, even if that means he's not playing. Uh, well, I think it makes it easier though, too. I think if like the situation with the scenario with Wednesday. So let's say we win Wednesday, Dallas loses, we're clinched, we're good to go. At that point, I, I, for me, it's really short and sweet. I, I think that oh, yeah. Yeah, Pecorino, you start him at the, at the very least. You start him at the last game of the season against Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's our last home game. Like, you let the fans have that. You let Pecorino have that because you, you don't know. I think you start in both games. I'd be cool with that, too, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that before UC got, got back, Pekka was playing some solid goaltending in net for us. He really kept us kind of primed yeah. for that road trip and the run that we went on after that road trip. Uh, to be able to do what we did, so I mean, it's you know, obviously you can always do do worse to have someone like Pecorino as your as your backup. But Absolutely. If, yeah, if we clinch Wednesday, I think you give it to him, you know, to, play, to start the, the series, and you let UC rest up a little bit, and and just kind of make sure he's healthy and ready to go for a playoff run. Um, if we don't clinch on Wednesday, uh, you play him. I don't know. I don't game. think. I don't even know if. It depends on when they clinch. If 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 they don't have it clinched, I think Sorrow starts every game until it's clinched. You have to. I don't, I you so. have to. And that that hurts me to say that, but but I don't think you can start Rene over Soros if the playoffs are still on the line. I don't think you can do it. I don't. First of all, I think that would be a disservice to Soros, who got you here. That'd mm-hmm. be kind of a slap in the face. Like, hey, you carried us here. Now we're going to take you out in the biggest moment. When, when we need you, that that that's just, that's just working backwards. So it's a tough it's a tough situation to be in. So that's why we would really just like to clinch so that we don't have to worry about this. And then Rene can hopefully go out there and play loose and play fun, get the standing ovation he deserves from the Bridgestone Arena crowd, and and then we'll see what happens. Maybe he comes back next season. I'm leaning towards he. It's not going to happen, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, who knows? It, you just don't know. He, he's a, a, a some an Arizona Cardinals fan, and we never know if Larry Fitzgerald's ever going to come back. It's always like the big question of the year is like, is Larry finally that's a, retiring? That's, that's a really good. Like. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, because yeah. it's just he, 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 if he, if he retired, nobody would fault him for it. He's he has done it. He has worn the jersey and worn it with pride and. He belongs, you know, you know, in our ring of honor and whatever equivalent we have for that because we don't have anybody there yet. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things where if he does it, like nobody's going to question it. But at the same time, if he comes back, we're also not going to question that either because, I mean, he was three and two before UC came back. I mean, he was still playing some very solid hockey for us. He was. And, and, and yeah, I think if you don't clinch, then yeah, you don't you don't necessarily, you don't start him. But Man. if we clinched, I mean, give, go ahead and give him the starts. If they don't clinch on Wednesday, there's two days off before they have to play Carolina, Carolina. on Saturday. So yeah. that would be a good rest for Soros if he has to wind yeah. up playing on Saturday. That's so. true. Um, and, and you got to think, too, Soros is young. He's built for yeah. this right now. So I, this whole talk about, oh, we're wearing out Soros, I don't really buy into that necessarily. But I do think that it's one of those situations where – it's just we're in playoff mode right now. Like, I know we're not in the playoffs, but it feels like playoff hockey. You're playing for your playoff lives right now. Nothing is for sure right now. Nothing's locked in. I think it would be a slap in the face to Soros if you pulled him out to start Rene when, if the playoffs are still on the line. That just doesn't make sense to me. And so, and I think Rene would feel the same way. I mean, I, I see Rene is the type, is a mentor type of player who has absolutely watched Soros grow up and turn into this Vesna caliber mm-hmm. goaltender. And I can guarantee you there's no one happier in that locker room for Saros's success than Pecorino right now. 
And I mean, so that's his countryman too. Like that's then people always make the joke of father and son, but like that's his yeah. countryman. If anybody, if he wants to see anybody succeed after him, it's going to be someone that shares that with him. So yeah, that's special. So let's, let's, uh, let, let's hope that that decision doesn't have to be made. And, and Rene can, I would love to see him get the last two starts of the season. I'd love to, I'd love to see him come back and play next year to have one full last full season in front uh, of fans. So I'd love to see him come back next year. I'd love to see him also get two wins. Well, let's yes. talk about, let's talk about that. Let's kind of talk about that. So let's do we, I, I'm not trying to sound like the devil's advocate here, but are we 100% sure that the Preds will bring him back with Connor Ingram? So, well, Connor Ingram, we have locked up for a couple, another year, don't we? I'm not sure how, how, how do we know that the Preds don't think that Connor Ingram's ready to make that next jump into the NHL? So, I, mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of personal things of It's a business too. decision. That's, it's a it's a business, and as much as Pecorine is your guy, and you don't want to see him retiring in, in another uniform, that'd be the worst. I he, think, you know, like he, I, I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe we would not bring him back on on a, a team friendly, player friendly deal, just because that feels like the type of player he is. I mean, he even took a cut to kind of stay here, anyways, and yeah. so I feel like he he would do that again if he if he wanted if he wanted one more year. Kind of goes back to like the Larry Fitzgerald treatment of like Larry Fitzgerald always takes team friendly deals to come back one more year. He's been playing on contract extension for like a decade now. I feel like, um, right. but with Connor Ingram, I mean Connor Ingram, the question mark there is he's only seen very limited time in the AHL and and really barely any time on the taxi squad this season. He's got I mean he's got some some rust to shake off still. Even watching some of the stuff that I watched the other night with him when he was starting for the Wolves finally, but. You know, I, I think that Connor Ingham, I think, is locked in for another year, I believe. If not, I believe he's an RFA. But either way, you know, if, if, if Pecorino wants to come back, you bring Pecorino back. Like, I, I just feel like that's what, that what you have to do. Even if Ingram's ready, Ingram's not going to go anywhere. If Ingram wants to go somewhere, I'm sure there are other teams that might take him, and that'd be okay. But, like, you got to let Pecca so dictate it, 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 it kind of comes down to what does Pecorino want to do, honestly. Yeah. That's really where we're at right now, and we don't know that. And he doesn't have to tell us how he feels. That he can make that decision when he's ready. But um, it's been awesome to see Rene be so uh, such a big part of the team. Still, though, like after the yeah. win against the Stars on Saturday night, and Colin, I know you were at the game, so you got oh, to yeah. see yes. it. You got to be in the building and see it. And oh, I don't know if you saw it either in person or if you saw it later, but you know the team did their stick stick raises at mid ice, which they've always done. And then Arena skated out and was hugging the players. He's like the elderly father figure of the team. And he's oh, the, just and out there, you know, patting his guys on the back. The bear hug he put on UC Saros. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing to see. It it's, really he's, a good, he's a good dude. I mean, that's the thing. Is like Pecorino, he's the first guy that we've ever given a no trade clause to. Um, you know, we had to kind of go back to that. I think that's the same way you look at it, you know, whatever his future is. You let him dictate his future because he's earned that much. But yep. you won't you won't find a better dude. I mean, he's just – also, I will say, I'm going to go back to it, though. They were doing a, a warm-up drill, uh, and Pecorino is in net. And basically you have, all, like, I think it was eight forwards. They're rotating eight forwards in, eight forwards out. And they're just trying to slam pucks towards the net. And Becca still looked really sharp. So I'm just saying, like, if he wants to come back. if oh, he, he still has here. Oh, I yeah, mean, but it, it kind of makes sense to bring him back, you know. Like if, yeah. like we said, like if there is any kind of question about Connor Ingram, then what better person to have as a backup than Pecorino? I mean, like that's yeah. just a no-brainer to me. But 
Yeah, absolutely. Depends on if he wants to come back, like you said. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, I wanted to share one really, um, really cool stat that Bally Sports South uh, shared before the game tonight. UC Soros has 14 career shutouts now, which is the most by any player his age or younger. I saw that. So, so that's pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, so the Preds, they are setting goaltender for right now, it appears, but they have some tough decisions to make, even in the short term. Even in these last three games, the uh, the Preds have some tough decisions to make when it comes to what they're going to do. Do they do they just keep riding UC Soros over these last three games, or do they put Pecorini in there? Winning on Wednesday against Columbus will solve a lot of that, but we'll have to wait and see with that. And uh, again, this – Tampa Bay needs to do their job. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. Absolutely. So this is episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, part of uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are presented by DraftKings. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app, and use our promo code THPN to get on the on hockey action, baseball, basketball. we got the boxing match coming up, and you can get 55-1 to 1 odds this weekend if you bet on the main event. And your fighter wins, you win $55 on a $1 bet. So pretty awesome deal there. Let's talk about the Turner Sports deal that we've got oh, that yeah. just ha- that happened. Some really big news there. Uh, Turner Sports, of course, is really known for their NBA coverage. They do outstanding work for their NBA coverage. And the award thing- winning. Yes. And the thing about TNT and the thing about Turner Sports is you're going to be getting – what we really want to see for the NHL, and Colin's going to really expand on this, is we really want to see the sport grow. Like, the NHL is such a niche sport still where fans who are diehard hockey fans, it's great. It feels like this tight-knit community. You love it. Whenever I'm whenever I'm out, out at a sports bar and a hockey fan sits next to me and we start talking hockey, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. But – we want the sport to grow. We want more eyes to see this beautiful sport. And that's what I kind of see out of this deal. And so, Colin, kind of talk about the the big parts of it and just kind of how you feel about it. Yeah. I mean, it, it just makes the NHL a major player in North America and kind of solidifies where their position is. So there's a number of facets to consider here. You have the, the financial aspect of it. That's a big one because this is basically a $200 million deal on top of the $400 million deal they got with ESPN. For context, that's with the original, like the original deal with NBC Sports was $200 million and that was it. So we've increased the, the revenue just from broadcasting alone by 300%. That is that's crazy. I mean, the, the numbers financial financially, it's going to impact franchises. Salary caps are going to go up. I mean, people, you know, we've been talking about how, how some franchises are going to be in the red because of COVID. This will pull a franchise out of the red. This will pull the league out of the red by next year. I mean, and, and we'll probably start seeing the dividends by the 2022-2023 offseason. Um, and, and we're going to see the salary cap increase and then as well as some, you know, some additional talent being brought to teams that are smaller market teams like the National Predators because they have more money to spend. And they've already got players like Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi, and some of these other guys locked into the contracts they're in where those contracts are going to be – the context is going to change a lot because of the financial aspect of it. But on top of that, when you talk about growing the brand, you know, hockey, hockey in North America is the fastest-growing sport between 18 and 20 year old, 29 year olds in viewership. So the, it's, it's not that people don't want to watch it. They want to watch it. They want to see an entertaining product in the ice. And so 
what better what better way to do that than first the worldwide leader in sports, which I mean that can't be understated. But then to take it over to, to TNT, TBS, those networks where they they know what it takes to create hockey, to create sports personalities and really put those people at the forefront. You look at inside the NBA and something like that for the NHL could be amazing. I mean, it would be awesome to see um, a personality like a hockey personality like PK Subban whenever he hangs up the skates, um, seeing him mm. give some commentary, uh, seeing some of these other these other colorful. Uh, NHL players get some commentary. Not the Wayne Gretzky's. I'm sorry, Wayne Gretzky tried you know, some some commentary back in the day. Was uh, was not very was not a very interesting guy. Great hockey player, not a great broadcaster. Yeah. Um, but seeing some of these other players that are close to retirement, uh, I don't know if you put Char on there yet. But you know, all these a lot of these other guys are close to retirement. They're going to be looking for careers afterwards, like a Matt Duchesne even who wants to get into so that. So that's huge. So so it's, that. Oh God. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say that the next piece is just where it solidifies us in terms of the branding. Because you look at how much the NHL brand has grown in terms of going from CCM to Reebok to now Adidas, which is a major mm-hmm. – from a retail brand is huge. The NHL is now the only North American league sport – or North American major sport that is not a Nike uh, league just yet. In six years, I see the NHL – if wow. they're successful with ESPN and Turner Sports becoming a Nike a Nike sport as, as as far as a major sport which would be huge in terms of that revenue from them because nike just they can generate more revenue than adidas can and i will say wow. i do i do own a nike hockey jersey and they are a little bit more comfortable than the adidas so <laughs> it would be, would be an upgrade there i'm just go. saying so well i'm just glad like i'm not like it's awesome i'm so ready for the sport to grow but i'm so glad that nbc won't have anything to do with it anymore oh, oh I, i'm like that is like the worst Ever yeah. watching a hawk, especially watching a Predators game when they were covering the Predators and the Blackhawks games. It was oh, like it's, uh, the Blackhawks it's just, are losing like three to nothing, and they're like talking about how awesome the Blackhawks are. And I'm like, they're losing the game to the Predators. Come on. Yeah. Like, talk about that. Yeah. But it's, that, it was seven years of woof. I think I, that, uh, so one thing I really like about this switch is I think that this new switch is really going to put, it's going to give the NHL a new kind of a new image almost like Mm -hmm. because it's kind of been looked at as a it's always been looked at as a niche sport and i can tell you like when i go out and and i'm into a press game and i'm around people who i've even got really close friends who want to get into hockey they want to learn more about it and they ask a ton of questions when they're sitting with me and i try to explain to them they're like man this is a really cool cool sport You've got to get this beautiful sport in front of more people. You got to market mm-hmm. yourself better. The NHL's never been good at marketing themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you got, all you got to do is look at how they schedule games. They mm-hmm. schedule, they schedule all these critical games at the same time on a on a Tuesday night or whatever it is during the week, and it's like it, these are all playoff implication type games, and you can't watch them all at once because hockey, you cannot watch multiple games at once. No. Hockey, you cannot be flipping channels back and forth. It's impossible. Uh, the game the moves too never fast. Stops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like baseball where it's like, okay, I can flip back and forth or whatever. Like, no, or even football, you can do that a little bit. But hockey, it's impossible. So they've got to start staggering these times. But that's going to a different different thing. But what I'm saying is, hockey's never been good at marketing themselves, and no, so no. I think this is great. Well, and the thing is, like, the players are very good at marketing themselves. You look at some of the, especially the young guys. Now we're getting into the millennial generation hockey players, yeah. really in the thick of it. If any Malkin, like, you look at the Instagram strong, the Instagram game of some of these guys, and it's strong. Like, they're yeah. good at marketing. It's just that they need a league that's going to market them. And, and the league and, is, 
the league is getting a lot of good superstars coming up right now. I mean, the yeah. league's got a ton of very marketable superstars that young kids can gravitate towards. And it's well, they even, Phil, Phil Forsberg's one of them. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got some some superstars, but they also have some guys that are kind of they're, we're in this like weird time where we're getting some guys that are retiring that would be very fun personalities. Like you think about mm-hmm. like your Scott Hardnells, you think about guys that might be close, like Alex Ovechkin. I'm sorry, but after seeing oh, yeah. how he celebrated the Stanley Cup, I would love just <laughs> to hear Alex Ovechkin's thoughts on Wait a literally minute. any literally. Wait anything. a minute. You don't want Charles Barkley to be the number one <laughs> NHL analyst? I feel like Alex Ovechkin might be the <laughs> NHL's version of Charles Barkley if it's yeah, all said and done. You, so, you, you, you give him a beer it. and you let him do his thing. Rumor, rumor has it that Charles Barkley is actually a pretty big hockey fan. Shaquille O'Neal is. Shaquille O'Neal is exactly yeah. who Roman Yossi is. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, did anybody see the clip <laughs> where they quizzed uh, Shaq on the – a post game show. It was an NBA post game show, and they asked him to name three teams in the NHL, and he called the LA Kings the California Kings. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Shaq. It, uh, I, I love Shaq. I love Shaq. I love yeah. that whole that whole TNT NBA crew. Like, I'm not even the biggest NBA fan, but I love watching their halftime. They're hilarious. That's what yeah. the NHL needs. You got to hope that they can find. They need uh, some good personalities. If they can find a group of personalities that can do exactly what they're doing for the NBA on TNT, you're going to build so many new fans. And what makes this deal great is it's not an exclusive rights like it was with NBC. So you have ESPN and you have Turner, and the two of those are going to push each other because ESPN, we know, they're going to have Barry Melrose. Barry Mm -hmm. Melrose is a staple from an Mm -hmm. an entertainment standpoint. He has a very entertaining hockey analysis. He's a little hard on the Preds, though. He is a little hard on the Preds. I feel like Melrose never pays attention to the Preds. We haven't really seen him though since the 2017 <laughs> Cup run, true. so it, he might he might be able to sing a little more praises to us. Since I, do like Trophy. I do, I do but, like Melrose. I do, I do like Melrose. But Team T is going to have to find a similar cast, and really ESPN is investing more in terms of it's not just going to be Barry Melrose; they're going to get other people too. So I'm hoping that the two of those deals really may push each other to compete for the entertainment quality you know who, as much as everything else. You know who I'd really love to see? Uh, he's already doing hockey. At, um, analysis for NHL Network, and that's Kevin Weeks. Uh, Kevin yeah. Weeks. I love Kevin Weeks on NHL Network. If they could move him into the TNT slot, that would be awesome. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who are already doing work for the NHL for other networks that they could also cherry pick, and they could build like a super team almost. And so um, Kevin Weeks is one that jumps out to me that I really enjoy. I, I bet just, you're probably going to see some of the NBC sports people, though. Oh, here's a, I got, I got. A, so I was actually just about to say, I was going to say, I need two things. I need a shots on goal counter from ESPN mm-hmm. and from Turner, and I need nobody to touch Mike Milbury. Leave him in the ether. Do not let him broadcast anymore. For I don't know. <laughs> they won't. The no, 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 I don't think oh. they will. I don't think they will. I think Good. that this. I think oh, that yeah. this new deal with ESPN and Turner, they're going to try to put their own flavor on it. I don't think they're going to try to be old school. I don't think it would be smart for them to do that. I think if they, they you you can't you can't move it to different networks but still be the same thing. That's just dumb. Like, I was thinking more of like you the got, Kaplan you got, and, and um, you, you got to put your own spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 who were you saying, Rich? But I, I was thinking more like 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 Catherine Tappan and um, that Sharp. Like, what's his name? Sharp oh, played okay. for Chicago. Well, ESPN so, already has some pretty good. Um, yeah. People who are doing the writing part of it, I really like Emily Kaplan. I thought that's who oh, you were yeah. saying. Emily Kaplan does some awesome uh, uh, NHL coverage for ESPN. 
And so I think they got some people to go with here. You know, they, ESPN's ESPN's going to pull out all the stops on this. They got some people. I think one player that might be uh, a soon-to-be former player that would be another one is Ryan Miller. I think he has some awesome mm-hmm. perspective. Okay. And he's a fun yeah. guy off the ice. I just think if you bring in someone like Mike Milbury, like you're going to turn fans off immediately. Like that's no, yeah, take, don't do that. That's going to take away no. your credibility if you bring him no. back from the, from the day. And it'll, so. and it'll, it might hurt your your credibility with the younger fans because they'll oh, be yeah. like, who is this guy? He, he's, the, he's the same guy that, yeah, it's just, he's a homer, not even a homer. It's mm-hmm. like a just like get off my lawn type hockey guy. You yeah. don't want that guy when you have so much. There's so much room here for for some good growth. So well, yeah. fingers crossed, they do it right. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Maybe maybe they could uh, once. Awesome. They, All they, right. So I think <laughs> maybe they could get Lucas Pisa to be a color commentator. All right, Rich, you got your one Lucas Pisa plug in. Not a work too much. He'll get a five. You got it right in. He'll get a five yeah. minute. He'll get a five minute All segment right. the very first game of the season, yeah. and then we'll never see him again. You'll never see him again. He'll just keep <laughs> writing the check, signing the check. I think we all agree, though. It's a it's a really good thing for the NHL, and we're yeah, we're excited to see how this is going to go on and what kind of coverage the NHL is going to get on a national level. Hopefully, they'll start featuring some of their other teams in the league instead of always focusing on the same crappy teams that aren't that good. Like, can we start putting some effort? If you want to build new fans, one thing you need to do is stop showing the same damn six teams on national TV every every well, Tuesday night. You no, know, you know they whatever wanna, night it is. You know um, they want to they want to show those original six, and they're really high on. I know the Black Hawks they got to break. The they got to break. They got to break away from that though. They got to break away from that. They, they, they don't even They don't even show all the other ones though. They they, just, they gotta, it's mainly just Chicago and and Pittsburgh. The thing is, they got. They got to go with the Angels' marketing plan because you look at they're putting teams in Seattle, Vegas. Yeah. I mean, they're putting teams in interesting places that they're going to have to focus on, and those teams are going to be successful. I guarantee yeah. you, Seattle will probably be a playoff oh, contender. Seattle, Seattle so. coming, Seattle coming into the league is going to make things interesting as well. So, um, all right, so that's that's a really good discussion there, and we're going to be keeping our eyes on that for sure. And so this is episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast that you've been listening to. This is Chad Minton with Rich Allen, Colin Bluen. Coming up next on the podcast, we've got uh, Clayton Stewart, who's my good friend, my roommate, and he's a diehard Dallas Stars fan, but he's also got a wealth of hockey knowledge. He's also a Nashville musician. Go check out his music at Clayton Stewart Music on Instagram. You won't be, you won't be upset about that because I can tell you this guy is a very talented musician, but he's also a Dallas Stars fan. And so we invited him to the podcast, had a really good discussion. He can't stand the Nashville Predators. And so I had to go ahead and interrogate this guy, put him on the stand, and figure out why the hell he doesn't like the Preds. We, talked about the, we talked about the rivalry. We talked about the crazy game that happened on Saturday night. So that's coming up next on the podcast. This is uh, episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, presented by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast. And we're back for episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. And of course, we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Mitten, your host. And we've got an enemy joining the home turf tonight. We've got a Dallas Stars fan. Womp womp. Dallas Stars fan is joining the show. And it's not just any Dallas Stars fan. This is my best friend, my brother. Not my true brother. But 
a brother in a sense. Indeed. A fellow Dallas Stars fan. I don't know how I could ever be a Dallas friend, friends with the Dallas Stars fan, but here we are. We just got done watching that crazy, crazy brawl. This is Clayton Stewart joining the podcast. Diehard Dallas Stars fan. Also, very well-known dislike for the National Predators. So how perfect is this that we're going to bring him on for episode 41 of the Catfish Nice podcast? Clayton, how are you doing tonight, man? Been better, but doing sure. okay. I'm sure. Doing okay. Saturday was rough. You seem to be holding up okay there. Yeah. You'll be fine. I'll be okay. All right. So... I think Clayton probably agrees with me here. I think you probably agree with me, man, that this Dallas Stars-Nashville Predators rivalry is quickly growing into something pretty intense. I think we saw it on Saturday night for sure. I think we've seen it in the Winter Classic. I think we even saw it in the 2019 first-round playoff series. And before we really get into where your Dallas Stars fandom started, I'm going to throw this crazy stat out there for all of our podcast listeners, just to show you how close this all-time series is between the National Predators and the Dallas Stars. The all-time series record for the series record for the Predators against the Stars after Saturday night's 1-0 overtime win over the Stars is 45 wins, 45 losses, one tie and five overtime losses. That's the Preds' record all-time against the Dallas Stars. 45 wins, 45 losses, one overtime, or one tie, five overtime losses for a point percentage of literally 50%. Does not get more even than that. If you look at it from the Stars' perspective, they are 50 wins, 35 losses, one tie, 10 overtime losses, and, of course, five of those are on this current season. So how can you get that much closer of an all-time series against between two teams with that many games? Pretty crazy. It is crazy. And the funny thing is the rivalry seems that it like it's a new thing, a newer thing. It is. It is kind of a new the, rivalry. The rivalry is, but the competitive nature and how these teams play each other evidently has always been really evenly matched. So I think the rivalry was was starting, it was budding, but now the hate's starting to creep in. <laughs> it definitely is. It's, it's like we saw it on, on Saturday night. That was just a crazy game. Let's talk about the game first. The game was just back and forth. Neither team's given an inch. Uh, lots of really sound defensive hockey. Outstanding goaltending from Anton Hudobin and UC Saros. Um, both teams had plenty of opportunities to break open the scoring and – I can tell you it was one of the most nervous feelings I've ever had watching a, a regular season hockey game. I don't know about you, man. Honestly, it, to me, this was a playoff game. Oh, it, it was like it, a playing game. It, yeah, yeah, it felt it felt like a playoff game, uh, and they played that way. I mean, it was an intense – I mean, neither team played poorly. It wasn't like one team was, you know, down and the other. Like, it was back and forth, uh, good, good hockey – uh, great goaltending, like you said. So it's just the same thing. I, and, and I've actually got to tip my cap to the to the re- to the referees. Maybe Stars fans, maybe you might disagree with me because of a late penalty call in that game. But I thought for the most part, the refs actually let the players play. There were plenty of moments in this game on both sides that I thought the the, the arm was going to come up and a penalty was going to be called. And the the referees really let this game be the physical type of game that it needed to be. And they could have called this game ticky tack and it would have been 
a parade to the penalty box for both teams because this was a physical game. This was a brawler type of game. And the rest, to their credit, I'm definitely happy about it. I think even if you're a Stars fan, you should be somewhat happy about it, even though you did come off on the losing end. Still, it's nice to see the rest let the players play. They called it pretty consistent. There was a late penalty that the Stars got tagged for where Roman Yossi drew the penalty on a on a on a hook that was that was you know there's some stars fans out there that aren't happy about the call and I'm sure if it was flipped around there'd be Preds fans out there saying the same thing. It was a close call but and it did shift momentum in overtime but be that as it may it was a great game. Win or lose it was a great game. It was. But I gotta ask you now where did your Dallas Stars fandom start? Uh I gotta be honest when the Stars come to town and play the Preds, I don't usually see a ton of Stars fans out here. I'm not saying that the, there's not diehard Stars fans out there. Of course there are, and those are some of the best fans, the fans that aren't bandwagon jumpers. And I know there's plenty of Stars fans out there that aren't bandwagon jumpers that are some of the most passionate fans you'll ever meet. You're one of them. And so I really just want to know where how it all started for you, being a Dallas Stars fan. Uh, for me, it was 1993. Uh I remember because my dad got tickets from his job and uh, we didn't know anything about hockey at that time. It didn't matter. Uh, and we, we went and it was my first live game I've ever seen. And then uh, not even a week later, I had my first hockey stick, first skates. Uh, and I was, I was playing and just became obsessed with the sport, obsessed with the stars. Um, and so I've, I mean, ni- ni- 1993 changed everything for me as far as sports uh, yeah, I love my Dallas Stars. Go Stars. <laughs> and, and the Dallas Stars had those, those those teams with Mike Madonna and Brett Hull. And I know you can list more and yeah. more players. And that was when the Preds were just becoming – they weren't even – they were – inaugural season was 1998. So there's a lot of, you know, diehard Preds fans that might not have even been watching the NHL at that time when the Stars were really – that great of a team. Uh, and the Stars have had good teams since then, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they've been scrubs by any means. And you just went to the Stanley Cup last year. So you're a, you're, you're a very respected franchise in your own right. You know. Well, in 2008, we went to the semifinals and lost to the Red Wings, who ultimately won the Stanley Cup. Uh, and then 2019, we went to seven games in double overtime and lost to the Blues, who also won the Cup. Now, last year we went to the cup and came back short. So we, we've been present. I, I won't say always relevant, but we've been present. But you've got that that Stanley Cup that Preds fans dream about. We dream about a Stanley Cup parade on Lower Broadway. And as crazy as Lower Broadway is right now, maybe we don't need a Stanley Cup parade right now. But. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you got that cup under your belt, and that's the one thing that every fan base just wants, even if it's just one of them. And that's what that's, I think that's why Preds fans get so intense at games, and that kind of leads me to your, your thoughts on why you kind of dislike the Preds, where that was born. Because I got I to gotta tell, I gotta tell all, all of our listeners listening right now, this guy genuinely does not like the Nashville Predators. Um he, he's made it very clear to me plenty of times. And I tried my best to be a very humble fan on Saturday night. 
didn't rub it in his face. I think I was uh, very respectable in that. You should give me some credit for that because I wanted to. I know you wanted. I wanted to blow up your phone so bad when Eric, when Eric Halla got that overtime winner. But I can't beat my chest too much because all five times we've beaten you guys, it's taken overtime. We haven't beaten you one time in regulation. It's the most. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen to play a team eight times in one season, beat them five times and all five times it took overtime or a shootout to win. So yeah. you, you literally got points in every game you played against us. We did, this but season. you know, uh, it doesn't help my hatred for the predators at all. No, I'm sure it does. You know, I, I, like, sure you know, like I've told you before, you know, that hatred didn't start until I moved here, you know? Um, so I wanted the Predators to be like my second team. Like if stars don't do well, I can cheer for them, and I just can't. And uh, it's okay. We don't need you. I, it's fine. I don't. I don't want to be a part of the pack. I, you know, I just I, I showed up and I came. You know who is? You know who can't buy a welcome to Stashville T-shirt official podcast T-shirt? They're not for sale for you, sir. That's fine. I got better money to spend. I do have. Um, photo evidence of this guy wearing a Predline shirt, and I will share it on social media. That's out and of solidarity, and it's not a very glamorous picture of you. That's so out of solidarity, <laughs> out of solidarity, trying to be supportive of you. Trying, but when I showed up to my first away game in my Dallas Stars sweater, my hat, my lanyard, the whole thing, I have, I have a specific uniform, if you will, when I'm watching the Stars play. Uh, the crowd was just so hostile. I remember I, I've, I've sat, I have Sounds sat in right. cell block 303 wearing all my stars gear. And well, let me tell you, that's that's a rivetingly. You did it under- to yourself, man. You should have known better. Well, there were free tickets, so I did it anyways. But yeah, I, I don't like the Preds. That's part of the fun of it, though, isn't it? Going to an away game and being decked out in your gear on the road. I think that's the joy of it. Like, I. It's not nearly on the same level, but my my story of that is when I went to Columbus. In no way is Columbus a rival of ours, or they're we're not a rival of theirs either. But I went to Columbus one time by myself on a solo trip, decked out in Preds gear, and walked into this bar right outside the Columbus Blue Jackets arena. And half the bar was filled with like guys in business suits. The other half was filled with. Blue Jackets fans in their gear, and I'm the one Preds guy packing into this bar, and I swear everyone stopped and looked at me, trying to fit my way to the bar top to order a drink. They're all all these bartenders are walking past me. I'm like, oh, okay, I know the game. I know the game. I'm wearing the Preds jersey. Turns out they told me that a re- the reason why I was probably getting a lot of bad stares wasn't because I was wearing a Preds jersey. I was wearing University of Michigan colors, and I was in Ohio State country, Columbus, Ohio. They didn't even care about the Preds. They were like, oh, yeah, we're playing you guys tonight. No big deal. We're so sorry. Here, here, have a drink on me. They didn't even care that I was a Preds fan, even though the game was about to start in 15 minutes right across the street. They thought I was wearing Michigan Wolverines colors. See, my experience was very different. <laughs> they were actually friendly. These Columbus Blue Jackets fans couldn't be more friendly. I remember I went to a game here in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena wearing my jersey, and it went to overtime, which apparently just seems to be a trend. Yeah, that's the theme. And then during overtime, at the time, we had Cody Eakin, okay. and there was a tripping call that resulted in a penalty shot. 
And so I can't sit down during this moment. So I stand up and I sit and I stand in the aisle. So I'm not in anybody's way. Cody Eakin sinks it game over. And out of nowhere, I kid you not, a 70 plus year old woman hits me over the back with her cane immediately. And I turn around and I looked at her. I go, did you see that? And then I realized I was talking trash to a 70 year old woman. And so I had to check myself. But that that is was she decked out in a press jersey? All preds. What was the player she was wearing? I really got to know. I don't. Did ah, I, did I that's need, vital information. I, I didn't know. even want to look at her. Maybe. All right. That's actually pretty. Okay. I'm glad you're okay. But. Yeah, I made it that's through. still kind of a funny story. I made it through the geriatric attack. That's still kind of a funny story. <laughs> All right. If that 70-year-old woman is listening right now, please um, let us know if that really happened. I don't know. <laughs> it happened. Let me get it up. <laughs> All right. We are crazy. Preds fans are definitely crazy, but it's okay. All right. I'm going to test your stars fandom here. I'm gonna, oh, I got. I, I do this to uh, my fellow uh, co-host, Rich Allen, Colin Blue, all the time. I like to give them – Give them these trivia questions, and they hate me for it, and I have fun with it. So I'm going to do what better time than than, than to do it to a Stars fan? But test. This is a question that I feel like the most diehard Stars fan might know, but it's definitely a hard question. All right. Okay. Here it goes. It's multiple choice. I'm giving you that at least. Okay. Which which team does the Stars have the most wins versus all time? A. Uh, no, hold on. Can I, can I try to answer first? No, no, no. I'm okay, I was gonna. Okay, I'll do the multiple choice. All right, A. Detroit, B. Los Angeles, C. St. Louis, D. Anaheim. Most wins all time against this team. Overtime and and regulation. Come on, man. There might be I'm, stars. I'm between two. Right I'm between right. two. Who do you got in between? I'm between Detroit and Anaheim. Okay. I'm going to say Detroit. What was it? It's actually the Los Angeles Kings. Really? You got 117 wins against the Los Angeles Kings. You got 115 wins against the Detroit Red Wings. See, I, th- I, I thought it was Detroit. That's a good guess. You've got 114 wins against the St. Louis Blues and only 75 wins against the Ducks. But that was a tough question. I thought it was Detroit. Trivia is fun for me. All right. Got that one. All right. So now let's talk about this. How do you feel? Where do you see this Preds-Stars rivalry going? Do you think it actually has some legs behind it, or do you think it's just kind of like one of those, like it's it's a rivalry for now, but it's not going to – because i got to say that – I still think that our biggest rivals are, are going to be the Blackhawks, the Blues, and still kind of the Detroit Red Wings for us, too, just because of the early days playing them. I'm sure for the Stars, it's probably still going to be the what the Colorado Avs. Still, still hate the Avs. Yeah. yeah. The um, Avs are a big one. Still hate the Avs, but I, I, I will say. The Preds are growing. The Preds, the Preds Stars grudge is growing. Do you feel like Stars fans in general are starting to look at the Preds as like a team that they hate, or do you just feel like that? You know, I don't know. I don't know if I can look outside of my own hatred to actually answer that, but I I do think we've seen each other a lot in pivotal situations, and what we've also now, what from the stat you read at the beginning, they've always played each other tough. And so I I think now that there's a little hate there, because even on Saturday, I mean, like you said, it was a physical game. Um, so I, I think you'll always see these teams from here on out play each other hard, uh, and I think there's going to be some chippiness that grows throughout the years, and and the Stars and the Preds are going to start hating each other more. 
Oh, for sure. Like, it's, I think the way they play, their styles are so similar, like, in a lot of ways. And I think it just makes for really entertaining hockey. It's good hockey, man. For instance, like, la- earlier last week, uh, we played the Florida Panthers, and that game was, was like a turnover nightmare. It's end-to-end action. For some fans, that's exciting. And it was exciting, but it was a different type of hockey, whereas the Saturday night game was literally just you're having to – to work for every inch of the ice. You're having to, to like, nothing's going to come easy. And you're just waiting for that first goal to be scored because you're thinking that for, that one goal might be enough tonight. The way these goaltenders are playing, the way these guys are, are, che- are forechecking each other, the way these, the way they're blocking shots and just doing all these things. I mean, it felt that way. It felt like the first team to score in regulation might win. Yeah. And it took overtime, almost went to a shootout. I mean, it was it's just another crazy game. Yeah, I mean, two teams. we even kill a penalty in late time, and it doesn't matter. It was a key kill, but I think the momentum shifted a little bit after that. For sure. And we, it's a 0-0 game. Eventually, something's going to happen. It was which team's going to crack first. And so, um, now, looking ahead, going, you know, let's see what this playoff race ends up being. I think both teams are in very similar situations in terms of Either way, they're up against – both teams are up against a very tall mountain to climb if they're going to beat most likely the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. It could still be the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Florida Panthers. That's still a really close race for the division title, but Carolina is the overwhelming favorite right now. And I just got to ask you, how are you going to feel about this season as far as maybe be considering it a success – do the Stars have to win in the first round? Do they? How bad is it going to be if they miss the playoffs altogether? Is it going to be like, what, what are the implications there? How are you feeling, man? I feel either way. Going to the Stanley Cup last year, being such a contender the year before with the Stanley Cup champions, uh, even a first round out is still disappointing. Now, that's just as a fan, but looking at the season, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how if I should feel happy that you know they may just making the playoffs. Uh, I, I think either way, if we don't make it past the first round, like if we make it in and we don't make it past the first round, you'll see a new head coach for the Dallas Stars. Oh, wow. um, and I think uh, you won't see a ton of personnel change, but uh, hopefully we'll see a, a system change of how they play. Well, objectively speaking, the Stars have gone through a ton of adversity with the COVID that kept them from starting on time. They didn't start till January 22nd, whereas the Preds started on January 14th. Most of the league started on January 14th. So started eight days after the season, the NHL season actually started. Opened up the season by completely destroying the Preds 7-0. And that was around a time when the Preds entered their, like, nosedive, and no one thought the Preds had any chance to be in the position they are now at that point. And then you beat the Preds again two days later. So you open the season with two wins against the Preds in regulation. And then the winter storm happens, which postponed a game between the Preds and the Stars. And so that's kind of what what puts you guys even further behind. And so now you've been making up all these games throughout the season. For the longest time, the, the Stars had four games in hand over the Predators in the standings. And I've been looking at the stars all season, like, 
getting excited because the Preds are making this playoff run and they're in the fourth playoff spot. And I've been looking at the stars all season. Like they're lurking, they're hanging out back there. Yeah, they're six points behind, they're five points behind, whatever the number would be, but they've got four extra games to play. And I've been waiting for the stars to go on this hot streak. And you haven't really done it. You no. haven't been able to do it. And we've only got one game now. We've only got one game left on you. J- yeah. Just like the, just like the uh, Carolina Hurricanes are our kryptonite this season, for y'all, it, it seems like it's still the Tampa Bay Lightning. We can't beat them right now. I mean, well, there a lot of teams couldn't beat the Tampa but, Bay. They're a good team. But, I mean, I, I think we picked up one win in our yeah. series against them. And we have to play them two more times, I believe. I think so, yeah. Uh, I mean, we to finish out the season, I know we have to play Carolina – Carolina, Tampa, and Florida at some point. Uh, I think we have a one makeup game with Florida, but to, if we make it in, it's going to be murderers row for sure. Yeah, you're so, after you're after really push, and so we're going to see how this feels, how this ends up. But uh, Clayton, really appreciate you joining the podcast. Yeah, man. I've I've brought this guy up plenty of times in previous episodes, and this is actually the guy who texted me live. In the last, in one of the last episodes, talking about how the stars were in a playoff spot, and I guess this guy does a scoreboard watch because the Preds won two. That was the night that the Preds beat the Florida Panthers last week. And correction, we were in a playoff spot for thirty minutes. Okay, <laughs> so for thirty minutes you had that fourth playoff spot. So uh, um, that's all we allowed you. <laughs> In, in that moment, I was correct. Right. I guess you were correct. The game wasn't over yet. All right, I take it back. You were technically right. All right, so it's been fun. This has been episode 41 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go follow the Catfish and Ice podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Catfish Ice. This is Chad Mitten, your host. Uh, Chad Mitten and Rich Howe and Tom Bloom will be back with you later this week for episode 42. Until then, everyone stay safe and take care, and we'll talk to you next time.